You're listening to The Zen Courses Show, episode 58. Let's go. Welcome to The Zen Courses Show, the show for online course creators who care about building actionable, meaningful, and profitable online courses. If you're a solo entrepreneur, tech geek, or creative, The Zen Courses Show is the place to get expert advice for creating your online course, overcoming overwhelm, and growing a balanced business. To get the full experience, sign up at zencourses.co, where you'll get access to free lessons, resources, and more. Again, that's zencourses.co. All right, all right. Welcome to episode 58. This episode is part two of my interview with Jane Hamill, former fashion designer and online course creator. Now, if you listen to part one, which was episode 57, then you already know the deal. You know that Jane just came with it. She broke down so much in that episode. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you head back to episode 57. You can either do it on your phone, just check out the episode right before this one, or if you're on your computer, just go to zencourses.co slash 057 and listen to episode 57. In that episode, it's really gonna set the foundation for part two here, because we're gonna jump in where we left off. So in the first episode, she talks about her experience and her journey and how she went from shutting down her fashion design business to ultimately teaching other people how to run their own fashion design business. And she also just gives a lot of sage advice and wisdom on how to market and how, more importantly, to get past the mindset of fear of people saying no. So check that out. In this part, we're going to get into how Jane designs her courses and some other surprises. So if you haven't listened to part one, check out episode 57 and then come back. If you have, let's get started. All right. So we talked about, you know, just overcoming that resistance to selling and marketing and all of that. Let's switch gears and talk about course development. How do you approach the planning phase of a new course, especially now that you've been doing it for a while? You know, I have a very disorganized brain. It's it's really unpleasant. I have to say being in my brain, I don't think is a lot of fun in the sense of too many ideas, like just classic right brain person. Right. And then many, many people are like, this It's not something special to me. I have 50 things running in there all the time. So the first thing I do is I just brain dump everything. I think somebody would want to learn like in a word document, just, You know, but then I learned this from actually, I I took a course one time from Frank Kern and Frank Kern is an online marketer and he had something he called the global framework and I use it now and it helps. So first I do the brain dump and then it's basically a PowerPoint and one page, right? And on the left is a circle and on the right is a circle and on the left it is He calls it the escape and arrival framework. Escape from this situation that they're in, arrive here. So maybe maybe it's like um, you want to teach people, I don't know, how to be happier in their life. Whatever your course is about, right? Escape from not being very happy, arrive at. 
being 20% happier, like something really specific, right? Yeah. Instead of just like escape from having no business, arrive at having a business. I mean, that's true, but it's even better if it's something very specific that you're teaching. And then what are the milestones they need to hit in between along this line from left to right in order to escape at being 20% happier? Well, first they have to realize what, what they don't like in their, in their lives. And then they have to do this. And then they have to do that. Like, what are the things they need to do? Okay. So major milestones. Like, so if you're teaching, you know, how to start a business, the thing is you, you would need to build a following, right? And in build the following, you would need to start an email list. But the big milestone is build a following, right? So you have escape from this situation, arrive over here. That's so that's the goal of my course, arrive them at this spot and focus everything on that. And then the milestones go in between. And let's say you have like seven big milestones, right? And then you're like, well, you know what? I can't teach all that. So why don't we have them arrive here instead and lessen the, the like, I can't make you happy for the rest of your life, but I can make you 20% happier in the next three months, whatever <laughs> It is, you know, like, you know, change the goal of the course if it's going to be too much. Right. And then, so you have like, let's say you have, you you break it down and you get like five milestones. Then you do that same framework for each of the milestones. All right. So let's say they need to build a following. You take another sheet, just like that last one. And I like the PowerPoint thing because it's visual for me. Escape from having no following, get to having following that loves to buy their stuff. Okay, what do they need? They need an email list. They need an opt-in. They need to be taught how to um, send emails. You know, like, so you you do the global framework and then each of the big modules gets its own sheet with everything they need to get to get that one particular milestone. Gotcha. I love it. <laughs> yes. I'm just laughing my head, but I don't know how that's looking for you guys. It does. I, I love it. You're just dropping like so much knowledge. And so that's what I do is I take that, I take the global framework, I take the five different pages of each particular milestone, and then I give it to um, my team member who starts the PowerPoint. Okay. And so I, I try to outsource as much as I can. And so once I, once I have those sheets with the, each individual milestone, I just brain dump stuff that needs to go in there and she makes a slide for each one. Nice. Yeah. And and we have, you know, I just use the same template over and over and over. That's a mistake I made in the beginning, switching things up every time, thinking people cared. <laughs> <laughs> thinking like, oh, my last one was yellow. This one should be blue. <laughs> Nobody gives a rat nothing. <laughs> Make it look nice. And then that's just your look, man. Just keep going. Yeah, it's so true. It's again, I think one of the themes is coming out of this is stop worrying about things that don't matter. Just do the work, get it out there, make sure the content is going to net results for your audience and your students and, and then move on. Yeah, just work with what you have. You know what, I don't have an assistant to do the PowerPoint. Okay, fine. Do it like whatever, get a template, just just work with what you have. Yeah, it's okay. Absolutely. All right. So speaking of your, you know, students and and your process, how do you measure learning in your course? Like, how do you know people are getting it? Oh, this is the, this is brutal for me, honestly. I'm very, very disturbed when people don't take action, (laughs) which is none of my business, right? (laughs) I can't make them eat it. Right. But, um, so I try to I don't know how to answer this because in some of the courses, I don't do anything. I have no idea if they're learning or not. I don't follow up. I don't know. 
They buy a $47 course, they take it, game over. Um, in the more robust courses, some of them are taught like as a seven-week course. Um, I sell more products online course. I, I did it as a seven-week interactive situation twice. And then I was like, all right, it's good. I'm going to do it evergreen now. And I'm noticing when they do it evergreen, they're not getting the results at all. They're not doing it. So I'm not going to have to go back to doing it live. When I say live, they the modules are pre-recorded, but then we do a live call, a live Zoom video conference every week. Yeah. So what's worked best to actually have them take action and get the best results and get the best raving reviews is to do module Monday, call Thursday, next module Monday, call on Thursday and do that. Like if it's a seven week course, there'll be five modules. So you have two implementation weeks. Gotcha. That's what's worked best as far as I can tell for them to show me exactly what they've done. and I, I. I, I see the results. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's obviously a more intense program and everything. Um, it's not for everybody to do it that way. Well, I think one of the takeaways there, and this is something that I have certainly found, is people need more structure than they think they do. You know, oh, yeah. we, we buy something, we buy a course and we think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this done. And then life happens. And we look back three months later and we haven't done anything. So as a course creator, the onus is on us to know that people are going to buy something and we have to set up some structure to make sure that there's there's some accountability built in to getting the work done. So even if it's as simple as having, like you said, you have your module release day and then you have the meeting that everybody gets together, that in and of itself is going to make people realize, oh, crap, I didn't do my work, you know? Oh. They do it the night before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're not checking. I mean, the only way you'd be checking, I'd be checking their homework is if it's a very, very high-end course. Right. Um, but, no, they, they we, we are all kindergartners. You know, we like to know, <laughs> oh, it's snack time, and then I have recess, and then I have this. And then when you have that, you do it. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. There's very few people who actually do stuff self-motivated. Yeah. Like, like my brother and one person I can think of exercises regularly on their own their entire life. <laughs> Everyone else I know is like, I'm in a running club. I have a, I have a coach. I have a, a trainer. Like most of us just need that support. That's true. That's true. Cool. So yeah, I, if I, I, I gotta say it's, 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 this is a good question, Janelle. And I don't know the answer. The only thing I know is I do, I do also send them Google forms. And I say, what did you accomplish this week? You know, I don't look at it. I don't go through it and critique it for them unless they're a private client, but it, it makes them feel accountable to themselves. Yeah. And, and the one tip I, huge tip I've noticed is that you have to tell people all the time that you, it's okay if you're falling behind. They feel so much guilt. I've had people say, I almost didn't come today because I hadn't done my, I haven't watched the last two modules. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? Like, I didn't realize how much shaming people do on themselves. Oh, yeah. Not keeping up. Because I would never, I'd be like, whatever, I didn't do it on my show. <laughs> Personally, it would bother me. Or it might bother me, but not enough that I would do right. something. Yeah. So, but I have to, I have to say all the time, wherever you are right now in your journey towards, you know, going from blank, whatever this course is about, you are in exactly, you are right exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. If you're. If you are only on module one and you can't get this piece together, that's where you are. If this person you see is over here doing that, 
they have a different situation. They don't have a sick parent. They don't have a sick kid. Like whatever it is, give yourself a little grace, guys. Like I, I have, I say this to them every week now because they always thank me. Oh, thank you for saying that. They're so. We all just get in our heads in a, in a way that can be really challenging. And um, yeah, I always make sure like you're okay. It's okay that you're quote unquote behind. That's right for you. Don't worry about her. You know. Yeah. She she's you know 27 living on her own working 15 hours a day. Like she's going to be ahead of you. Don't worry, you know. That's so true. You have you have a full-time job and two kids and a sick parent. Like you do you. That's okay. Exactly. And I think the internet is partially to blame for that. There's so many, you know, everybody's out there talking about how easy it is for, you know, and so people people believe that. They believe they're not doing enough. And I think you're absolutely right. Everyone's circumstance is different and you have to really focus in on you and what works for you and what your pace is really it's rough to stay in that zone mentally i have to say i mean i i joke i mean it's a joke but there's always truth floating just below the surface of laughter i joke when i say these kids are ruining my career (laughs) (laughs) but you know what they are that's their job right do i want to be like i see people who maybe started out when i did and what they've done and they their travel schedule and i'm like god i mean i'm jealous right And then I have to get back in my zone. Wait, this isn't something that just happened to me. I've chosen this life. I love this family and I'm okay with it, but I lose track of that sometimes. And we all have to just give ourselves like a little like snap out of it. You don't, you can't be like her. You're you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right, Jane, I've got one more question before we get into the final three. And you in 2006, you read an essay that I came across on the internet where you talked about imagination and you said, I believe in imagining a life and then trying to live it. So my question for you, because there are a lot of people who get stuck in either state, they're either stuck in imagining or they're stuck in that brutal travel schedule that you just mentioned, just going and going. How does one remain imaginative and yet keep crossing that bridge to action? Oof. That's a good one. I think you have to be sick of where you are. <laughs> really? Yeah. Truly. And and most importantly though, I think you have to not be afraid that it you you'll do it wrong and you'll fail. I think the fear of failing or doing it wrong or having people say, "Why would you do that?" You know, I you have two kids and a good job. You know, that's isn't that sort of selfish of you to start your own business? Like things like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's real, man. People get a lot of crap from other people who are not entrepreneurs. So if you are going to listen to them, you're going to be in big trouble. So I don't know the answer. I know for me, I have to take time to write down what it is I really want. And the only way I do that is to, is I first write down what I don't like. (laughs) I learned this from like, I don't know where, but it was like, what don't you want? You Okay, so, so you have this life and you want to move into action, right? Before you even start, what don't you want? Well, I don't want another job where I do this. And I don't want to work with people who are like this. And I don't want to ever get on an airplane at 4 a.m. again. Okay, now we know what you don't want. Right. What do you want? What do you want? And then I am very, very short-term planning. Three months, six months. That's about it, right? I look and I say, I want this. So let me focus on the next three months. I don't do like a five-year plan ever. Um, But honestly, I just feel like, I don't know, like 
this is just your life, right? You just have this one life. It's not like a dress rehearsal. You're like, oh, that didn't work out. I'll start my life again. Like, this is it. Do you really want to, like, you know, get towards the end and be like, well, I would have started a business, but I was afraid of what my Aunt Mary was going to say. Or I was afraid that my husband wouldn't want me to do that. Really? Really? You know, that's your life. That's yours. And so worrying about what other people are going to think about it is the biggest possible waste of time. And so I think you just have to be okay with your decisions, even if they're stupid to other people, even if they don't get it. And it's really, really not easy. But once you kind of get a little bit towards, I'm okay with this. And, and yes, I'm the mom who does this and other people are shaming me about it. Fine. I don't care. Um, then just, just baby steps, a teeny little baby step every single day. Imperfect action. Imperfect action is the only way I can even like get out of bed, you know, like 80%. I'm, I, my goal for 2016, Janelle, was to do things 86%. That was my goal. I don't know why I came up with it, but it really helped me every day. I, I want to do this 80%, 86% good. Okay, not a 90, not a perfect, freaking 86. That's all I can do. And you know what? If you do 86% and then somebody proofreads that later or whatever, that's going to be pretty darn good, especially for us like type A entrepreneur personalities, 86%. If I don't worry that it has to be just right, I can actually get stuff done. Yeah. You know? So baby steps, like imagine what you want by knowing what you don't want. Okay. And then, um, Letting go of caring what anybody thinks. And then what's my first baby step? Yeah. What's my, what's, what are those milestones? Like, what's my global framework? You know, what, what are the milestones? All right. Well, I don't know what they are, but I know the first thing is to, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you can do, like work less at your job or take a slight demotion. So you have some energy to start your new business, whatever it is. Got it. All right, Jane, we're down to the final three questions. Mm-hmm. First one is an easy one. What is next for you? Anything exciting coming up in these next three months? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to be launching SMPO again. I'm going to do it live because I've learned now they're not going to do it if I don't do it. So I'm going to do a, a seven week interactive session, which I love of the sell more products online course. And then ding, I'm going to also start an online Shopify store. Okay. With a partner where we're going to, I'm going to sell a physical product again. And then I'm going to start a course teaching you how to open up a Shopify store, watching me do it every week. That's pretty exciting. I know. So those two <laughs> things are, that's all I'm focused on. Those two. That's it. That's plenty. Very cool. All right. Where can people find out more about you and all of this excitement that you have going on? Hit me up. It's um, probably, I would suggest go to janehamill.com. Or fashionbrainacademy.com. Um, I'm morphing a little bit towards, you know, to 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 um, work with different types of businesses, makers, but not just fashion. So I'm switching the URL and everything eventually to janehamill.com. And it's jane at janehamill.com. Hit me up. Say hi. I love talking to people who are in business and doing stuff. Love it. And then I'm at, at janehamillshy, C-H-I, yep. on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And Facebook is Jane Hamill's Fashion Brain Academy. I'm a big Facebook person. So if anybody has a question and you post it on my wall, not DM, I don't really DM, but I always, I always answer those. Yeah, you have some great videos on Facebook and on YouTube. So definitely, oh, uh, we'll, I'll definitely get the links in the show notes so people can catch up with you. 
All right, Jane, last question. What's your why? Why do you get up and do this work every day? Well, I have the why that I tell people, and then I've realized I have a different why. I want a different <laughs> one. You know yeah. I want the different one. You know, the short story is that I was married first, you know, when I was 26, and my husband announced he wanted a divorce after he had said he didn't, or like I didn't, it, whatever. I, I, I got divorced without knowing it was coming, and it was very, very challenging. And then when I got remarried and I sold my business, my husband was like, just stay home with the kids, just teach, it'll be great, you know, teach a class at the college or whatever. And I was like, I can't do that. I have to have my own income. My mom always did, like it was just, it, it just scared the crap out of me that I could be what I felt was like abandoned, you know? Um, at a young age like that, like I just had no idea that he had was having an affair and the whole, like the whole thing. And I was like, Jesus, life is just not what I thought it would be. And so um, it really, on a personal level, like disturbs me when people have to rely on other people for their money, um, especially women. So I really, really focus on selling and helping people sell more because um, I, I, I don't want you to have to, you know, get money from your husband or your father or your mother or whoever. Like. You need your own money, girl. So let me help you sell stuff so you can get money because I don't want you to have to stay in a marriage you don't want to be in or yeah, all of that. Like just, I like women doing it and I want to be part of that. Enough said. There's nothing else for me to add. Jane, thank you so much. <laughs> no, you are a pleasure. Thank you. I, I'm so grateful for your time and, and your knowledge and uh, you're always invited back on the show, Jane. Fantastic. And there you have it. Part two of my interview with Jane Hamill. First and foremost, Jane, thank you so, so much for just coming on the show and being open and vulnerable, sharing your wins, sharing your insight, sharing your expertise, as well as the things that you didn't know. Tons of value. And I've been getting lots of comments about how great this interview was. So thank you to Jane. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the biggest takeaways was to give yourself some grace. Okay, this is your journey. No one else has your life. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Give yourself some grace and focus on you and what you want to accomplish and what you can get done. That was the biggest takeaway from this chat with Jane. And I hope that that resonated with you. You can find the show notes for this episode, episode 58 at zencourses.co slash 058. And you'll find a link to the first part of the interview there as well. Okay. So before we wrap up, there's a couple of things I want to remind you. Number one is we have one more episode of the season. And then we're going to, the show's going to take a break and then we'll get into season three, which I'm really excited about. I've got some, some new things that I can't wait to announce. But if you want to stay up to date with me during that break, if you want to get some extra, let's say, sneak peeks of what is coming for season three, there's a way you can do that. And that way is to become a patron of the Zen Courses show. 
The Zen Courses Show is now on Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it is an amazing site that allows you to support content that you enjoy. And if the Zen Courses Show is something that you enjoy, consider becoming a patron to help me keep the show ad-free and listener-supported. It's something new that I'm trying. We have some patrons already. So if you want to check it out and contribute, you can contribute whatever is in your budget. Go to zencourses.co slash Patreon. That is P as in Paul, A-T as in table, R-E-O-N. Or you can just go to Patreon site, patreon.com, and search for the Zen Courses show. Okay, so that is what is happening again. Next week is the final episode of season two. Then we're going to take a break, but we'll get to that when we get to it. For now, my name is Janelle Allen. This has been the Zen Courses show. Thank you so much for lending me your ears for another week. I will see you next time.